Good morning. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Welcome to Axios Today. And we're here with you on a Saturday to answer one big question. Why do fewer Latinos have health insurance when compared to nearly every other group in the U.S.? That's our focus in this episode of our special Hard Truth series. It's a year-long project at Axios examining systemic racism in the U.S. Here's why today's issue matters. The workers we've deemed essential, especially in the past year, are the ones least likely to have basic health insurance. And many of those workers are also Latino. About 40 percent of workers in cleaning jobs like janitors and maids are Latino. This is also an industry where nearly three in 10 workers are uninsured. That's one reason why so many Latinos don't have health care coverage, because in the U.S., access to insurance is mostly tied to employment. And although they're just as likely to have full-time work, Latinos are also more likely to be in jobs and industries where their employer doesn't offer health insurance. Or if their employer does provide insurance, they often can't afford it. There are also government benefits like Medicare or Medicaid, which are meant to fill in these gaps. That's what we want to go deeper on today. In particular, we're zeroing in on something called the public charge rule. This is a more subtle reason why many Latinos are uninsured. Because, as we'll hear, it's not just the rule, but the fear it's instilled that's having an effect. Here's what you need to know about public charge. This rule has been around for more than a century, but basically, anyone who's likely to use a lot of government benefits is unlikely to get a green card or a visa. For most of our history, the government didn't clearly define what exactly a public charge is or what exactly would make someone ineligible. It was initially kind of a wealth and health test designed to keep out poor Irish and Italian immigrants in the 1800s. It's why, to get a visa today, many have to show bank statements, even students. But fast forward to the Trump administration. President Trump changed this to explicitly state that an applicant could be denied a green card or a visa if they're likely to use benefits like food stamps, housing vouchers, or Medicaid. Just to be clear, we're not talking about benefits for undocumented immigrants, but for people who are here legally. So the old health and wealth test from the 19th century became a new one for working immigrants who were now largely coming from Central America and Mexico. That resulted in growing levels of just overall fear and uncertainty across immigrant families of all immigration statuses. And the outcome of that fear and uncertainty is that many individuals have become increasingly reluctant to access an array of services and programs, including health care. Samantha Artiga is the Director of Racial Equity and Health Policy at the Kaiser Family Foundation. The rule was officially implemented in January 2020, but soon after it was proposed, Samantha started surveying health clinics around the country. And they reported to us in 2019 that they were seeing some of their patients starting to decline enrolling in Medicaid coverage for themselves or their children or disenrolling or not renewing that coverage because they were fearful of potential consequences on their immigration status. For the 67 percent of Latinos in the U.S. who are natural-born citizens, applying for Medicaid and other federal programs like food stamps isn't an issue. The same goes for people who've had a green card for more than five years. But what Samantha found was that even those people who are eligible, either through citizenship or a green card, 
were opting out because they were worried it could affect a family member's immigration status or even that their own citizenship could possibly be taken away. Maybe you've heard the term mixed-status family, which applies to about 16 million people in the U.S. It means their household contains at least one citizen or green card holder and others who don't have that documentation. In some cases, the child is the citizen. In others, it's one of the parents. So if they can't get health insurance from their employer and they don't want to sign up for Medicaid to risk an immigration status, they end up uninsured. That leaves a gap which is often filled by community health centers. So community health centers are really a longstanding trusted source of care for low-income populations and people of color broadly and have played a particularly important role serving the Hispanic population. These clinics are all across the country, and many address the health care needs specific to that community, like La Clinica de Pueblo in Washington, D.C. Hola, soy Marlene. La Clinica started with one location in Northwest D.C. in 1983 to address the surge in immigrants coming from Central America. As D.C. has gotten more expensive and these immigrant communities have had to move outside the city, the nonprofit expanded to four clinics throughout the greater Washington area. Catalina Sol has been working there for more than two decades. She's now its executive director, and she saw the effects of the public charge rule firsthand. We saw a lot of fear in our patients for their future applications, or we had patients that were concerned that even though they were eligible and might even be citizens, that if they applied for benefits that they were eligible for, eventually somebody was going to figure out how to strip their citizenship, or it would impact negatively on family members that they sponsored. It was actually just one week after the U.S. recorded its first COVID case that the Supreme Court allowed the Trump administration to implement this new version of the public charge rule. When we come back, how COVID changed all of this. Welcome back to a special Saturday episode of Axios Today, our hard truths edition. Catalina Sol says the pandemic exposed how dangerous this public charge rule was, and not just for immigrants who were now more afraid of using the healthcare system. Very shortly after it was passed, And the first cases of COVID came about, we saw statements coming out saying, well, this doesn't apply to your COVID test or, you know, you're seeking care for COVID or going to the emergency room because clearly for public health, any person that did not do this was a threat to their whole community. You know, so the cynicism, right, of passing a rule that excluded you, but then said, if it's for COVID, since that's going to affect me, it's going to be okay. You know, that was very evident as well. How did that make you feel? Uh, I've been working in the field for a while, right? So I think that I understand that the structures that exclude us go well beyond the individual Trump administration. The relationship of Latin America to the United States uh, of the last 200 years, the colonial and post-colonial relationship of the United States and what it's produced by way of immigration patterns and the need for cheap labor from our countries to uphold the wealth of this country and the narratives about immigrants that keep us as a cheap labor source that doesn't have rights. Those are all part of a larger structure of racism, which is global and historic. Catalina sees the pandemic as a turning point for how we're viewing that labor, especially who's considered an essential worker. By the numbers, one out of every four food service or agricultural workers in the U.S. are Latino, 
So is one out of every 10 healthcare workers and teachers. So this understanding that we are essential, not just Latino immigrants, but all low-income workers to be made visible, to have the importance of their contributions finally be visible to an entire system, that's wonderful. But what will happen after? How long will we be essential? After President Biden took office, he rescinded the public charge rule. But Catalina says it takes a lot of work on behalf of community health centers like La Clinica's and others to try to overcome fears that still persist. Many of the patients that we see, they're not eligible for Medicaid. They're not yet green card holders for five years or more. Nevertheless, the policies of the Trump administration definitely caused fear and an additional dimension of stress for our patients on top of all of the ones that come from being just an immigrant, right, in the United States. There's a lot of work to do to show how we're going to move forward. It's not enough for us to go back to the way that things were. We have a lot to do to move forward. La Clinica and other clinics like it are not the answer. They're a stopgap. They don't provide all the kinds of medical care a patient might need. The hard truth is the U.S. needs to solve the problem of why so many Latinos are uninsured and the fear that's keeping many of them from getting coverage they're eligible for. After all, the pandemic reminded many of us just how essential they are. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. This episode was produced by Nuria Marquez-Martinez. Alex Sugiyara is our sound engineer. And special thanks to Axios executive editor Sarah Kehilani Gu, Hard Truths editor Michelle Saucedo, executive producer Dan Bobkoff, and senior producer Justin Kaufman. We've got so much more about many other aspects of systemic racism in healthcare at our website. Visit axios.com. And let us know what you think. You can email us at podcasts at axios.com or find me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we're back with the news on Monday.